Humans are storytellers. During our species time on Earth, countless myths have been born, endless legends spun. Folk tales, fables, and fairy tales are among the most enduring examples of our capacity for storytelling. In the distant future, when humanity has established itself firmly as an interplanetary species, what tales might have emerged along the way? What stories might Martian settlers tell each other during long, cold nights on the Red Planet? What myths might arise as humans spread across the solar system and eventually reach for the stars? This is Space Age Folk Tales. Welcome back to the story of the fifth giant. When we last left our solar system of anthropomorphized planets, the mutinous ice giant Bacchus had just stolen Jupiter's rings for himself while the king of the planets slept, with the help of a few rocky planets. Now, the conspirators waited in silence for Jupiter to wake up. This is the story of the fifth giant. Part 2. With Jupiter's rings now encircling him, Bacchus retreated to the outer Kuiper belt and waited. The four rocky planets returned to their normal stomping grounds near the sun and waited. The whole universe seemed to hold its breath, waiting for the king of the planets to awaken and discover what had happened. Bacchus was beginning to think he ought to go awaken Jupiter himself, when Jupiter finally let out a great yawn that shook his moons and stirred them from their own peaceful dreams. It took Jupiter mere moments to realize that something was missing, and Bacchus heard his roar of fury from across the solar system. Who took my rings, he boomed. His voice seemed to reach halfway to the nearest star and the rage in that voice chilled every planet who heard it, to their core. Uranus shuddered and fell over in fright. Neptune's moon Triton stopped in its tracks and reversed its orbit, trying to flee from the source of the noise. A few comets who had been heading inward toward the sun suddenly decided that they liked it perfectly fine in the outer reaches of the solar system. The rocky planets huddled a little closer together, and Earth felt a wave of dread wash over her. Bacchus's euphoria began to fade somewhat as he heard the enraged shout, but he resolved to hold fast to the plan. Jupiter was intimidating, but it was all bluster, Bacchus reasoned with himself. Great storms began to erupt all over Jupiter's surface, many of them large enough to swallow any rocky planet in the solar system whole. Did you see anything? he demanded of Ganymede. I... I was asleep, stammered his largest moon. I'm so sorry, Lord Jupiter. I didn't notice anything. Bah! Anyone else? Nobody saw anything? Jupiter scanned the faces of his other moons, but none of them would meet his gaze. Fine, growled Jupiter, storming toward the outer solar system. 
I'll find the thief myself and make them regret ever accreting. He stopped to talk to Saturn first. He didn't suspect that his old friend had anything to do with the theft, but perhaps his density-challenged fellow gas giant had seen or heard something. No such luck, he soon found out. Saturn knew nothing of the situation, nor did any of his moons. Uranus was next, but the pale blue ice giant was so terrified of Jupiter's fury that Jupiter could hardly get a word out of him. After some effort, Jupiter was able to determine that Uranus knew nothing of the theft either, and he moved on. Jupiter went to Neptune next, and he could tell immediately by the dark blue planet's reaction to his question that Neptune knew something. Tell me what you know, or I'll make myself some new rings out of your moons, snarled Jupiter, looming over the much smaller planet. Neptune flinched. All right, all right. He hesitated for a moment, well aware of what he was about to unleash on Bacchus's head. But the other ice giant had brought it on himself, hadn't he? I... I think it was Bacchus, said Neptune. He was saying all these things to me about, uh... Well, sort of teaching you a lesson, I guess? I mean, not that you'd need to be taught a lesson. Uh, but that's sort of what the gist of what he thought, uh... Lightning flashed in a thousand different places across Jupiter's surface. Bacchus, he hissed. I should have known. That little ice ball has been an annoyance for as long as I can remember. And now he dares go so far as to steal my rings? Where is he? I... I don't know, stammered Neptune. Jupiter flew past him at a speed Neptune hadn't known he was capable of. I'll find him, Jupiter growled. A few well-placed threats to some of the larger Kuiper Belt objects quickly revealed to Jupiter Bacchus's location near the belt's outer edge. Bacchus saw him coming from AU's away, and he pushed down a little surge of panic as he saw just how mad Jupiter was. The Planet King's whole surface was practically one big storm by now a global hypercane that raged from his North Pole to his South. How dare you! Jupiter roared as he approached Bacchus. No closer, or I'll deorbit every speck of dust in these rings, and you'll never see them again, said Bacchus, summoning all his bravado. This was his moment. Jupiter stopped, and the two planets regarded each other for a moment. Uh, Bacchus, maybe you should just give him back his rings, whispered Thoas. He looks really, really angry. Just give them back and take off. He'll cool down eventually. This was a bad idea. I know what I'm doing, hissed Bacchus. You have always been a pathetic, cowardly wretch. But this level of insolence... Well, it goes beyond insolence, rasped Jupiter. Why shouldn't I throw you into the sun right now? Do you want your rings back? Asked Bacchus. Then shut up and listen to me. You're going to listen to me for once. Oh, you have demands, do you? Said Jupiter with a wry chuckle. This should be entertaining. Yeah, I do have demands, said Bacchus. First of all, you need to start treating us like equals. All of us. The ice giants? The rocky planets? Even the dwarf planets. 
Give us a voice. Give us a say in how the solar system is run. It can't just be you anymore, with Saturn occasionally butting in. You're not better than us just because you're bigger. Jupiter glowered at him. You have no idea what the responsibility of being the leader is like, he snapped. I am the most powerful of any of us. I protect us, I keep us safe, and I maintain order. Well, start asking us for input on what kind of order we'd like, said Bacchus. And you will share the responsibility of leadership with me as well, will you? asked Jupiter. You will help determine what should be done with wayward comets? You will help sort out squabbles among asteroids? You will help keep the peace between moons? And you think your judgment in those matters should be trusted? I would trust our judgment more than yours, retorted Bacchus. Our, said Jupiter. Now that's an interesting word. Who else is in on this lawlessness? Come to think of it, how did you get close enough to me to steal my rings while I slept, without disturbing me? You may be puny compared to me, but I would have felt your gravity. You didn't happen to work with any smaller objects, did you? That's not relevant, said Bacchus. What is relevant is that you're going to promise, right now, that you will never again talk down to your fellow planets or treat us like your inferiors. As though you're any better, said Jupiter. I've seen the way you treat the rocky planets and the other debris. You play at having high ideals, as though you truly care about equality among planets, but your actions betray you. I have watched you separate Earth from her moon and taunt the both of them. I have watched you spin Mercury around and around until he became sick. I have watched you crash through clumps of asteroids and scatter them. I understand the hierarchy of our system and abide by it. But you, you partake in senseless cruelty against those you perceive as inferior. You're a hypocrite, Bacchus. Worse than a hypocrite. You're not the tyrant you accuse me of being. You're worse. Bacchus couldn't speak. Jupiter's words pierced him to his very core. I... I... He stuttered. He noticed that Jupiter had grown closer as they were talking, and he suddenly felt the massive planet's gravity seize him. Do you think, Bacchus... That I could not go find a clump of inanimate debris somewhere and fashion new rings for myself? Asked Jupiter, suddenly sounding deadly calm. The storm that had encompassed his globe was dying down, and he seemed eerily focused. The king of the planets left his question dangling in the void and went on. The problem with you, Bacchus, is that you've been allowed to freely roam the solar system for too long causing mischief wherever you go. The amount of chaos that's caused by planets traveling wherever they wish at any time has been growing unmanageable for a while now, but you're the worst symptom of that problem. You've taught me a lot today, Bacchus, and I must thank you for that. But I'll be taking back my rings now. Bacchus fought against Jupiter's gravity, straining to free himself from the giant's death grip. He watched as the rings began to stream back into orbit around Jupiter, and with a desperate effort, he was able to bring some of the debris that made up the rings 
crashing down onto his own surface, burying it beneath his clouds and feeling it burn up in his atmosphere. Yet Jupiter managed to recapture enough material to form a full ring system around himself once again, albeit a much thinner one. You've been a nuisance for too long, Bacchus, said Jupiter, his rage uncharacteristically restrained. But you've helped me come to a realization about something I've been mulling over for a long time. At least that means you contributed something to this system during your time here. Uh, are you going to kill me? asked Bacchus, feeling the last of the fight in him drain away as Jupiter tightened his gravitational grip. He was completely helpless against the larger planet, caught by gravity stronger than anything else he had ever felt. No, said Jupiter. I'm going to banish you from the solar system. You will become a rogue planet, frigid and alone, with only your moons and your regrets to keep you company. You will wander the galaxy for billions of years, likely never coming close enough to another planet to say hello, nor close enough to any star to feel its warmth. This is your just punishment for millions of years of mischief and chaos. I am Jupiter. I am the supreme lord of this planetary system. Never forget it. With that, Jupiter swung Bacchus around, and with a mighty heft of his gravity, he flung the ice giant screaming out of the solar system. Bacchus sailed through the Kuiper Belt, past the scattered disk, into the Oort Cloud, and then out the other side, past the edge of the sun's hill sphere, beyond which his parent star could not hold him in orbit. Jupiter returned to the orbit where he had been sleeping, and stared out into the void, contemplating his next course of action for a while. Eventually, he turned and made his way over to Saturn. Let's call a meeting of the solar system, Jupiter said. We're going to be changing a few things around here. Soon, all the planets of the solar system were gathered together. Swift Mercury, sisters Venus and Earth, Crimson Mars, stalwart Saturn, twins Uranus and Neptune, and Jupiter the king. Also present were a variety of dwarf planets, including Pluto and Eris, the king and queen of the Kuiper Belt, along with a multitude of asteroids and comets who were commanded to disseminate Jupiter's orders to their countless comrades around the solar system. Some of you may have heard the rumors about Bacchus by now, said Jupiter to begin the meeting. Those rumors are true. He was the ringleader of a plot to steal my rings, and as punishment for his crimes and for a lifetime of troublemaking, I banished him from the solar system. He will now wander the cosmos as a rogue planet. Earth froze as Jupiter leveled his gaze on her. I am aware. Jupiter said slowly, that Bacchus did not work alone. However, I believe the example set by his banishment will more than suffice to prevent any future conspiracies, so I am willing to leave the theft in the past. However, I'm afraid that Bacchus's treachery has helped me to fully realize the truth about something I've been pondering for a few millennia now. Everyone in this solar system constantly roams wherever they wish, flitting from here to there and doing as they please. This 
is a system of chaos, and it is inevitably doomed to fail. Bacchus was the most destructive agent of chaos we have yet seen, but he was merely a harbinger of what is to come, if we continue allowing ourselves to run wild with no sense of order and no respect for hierarchy. That is why I am implementing a new policy. From now on, planets must remain in one set orbit with little variation. There is to be no wild, chaotic roaming anymore. We will each stay on our own path around the sun, and we will not vary from it for millions or billions of years to come. A cry went up among the assembled celestial bodies. But how will we communicate with each other? asked Venus. You can't just separate us all forever. You will still be able to communicate, responded Jupiter coolly. It may be a bit more difficult, and you may not be able to reach those furthest away from you without the use of light or gravitational waves, but I trust you will manage. Although nobody was particularly happy with the new arrangement, each planet and object settled into a steady orbit and stayed there, going around the sun again and again, countless times, barely deviating from their courses. They still kept in touch, and over time, some of the planets began to enjoy their new situations. There was something comforting about always following the same path over and over again, and there was a degree of separation between the inner and outer planets that cooled some of the tension between them. Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars remained friends, while Uranus and Neptune managed to keep to themselves further out, occasionally chatting with Pluto and Charon when they swung by. Jupiter felt as though he could finally get some real rest, and Saturn was glad he no longer had to help support the king quite as much. Some of the asteroids speak of a time when the sun will begin to burn out, and the planets will once again roam the solar system freely, moving and mingling, and perhaps causing a bit of mischief along the way. For now, though, the planets continue to circle around the sun on invisible celestial roadways, as they have done for many, many years. And as for Bacchus, he still roams through the void between stars, frigid and alone, with only his moons and his regrets to keep him company. Perhaps one day, he will encounter another star and find himself welcomed into another planetary community. Perhaps the most powerful planet in that community will treat his or her subordinates more fairly than Jupiter treated the planets of the solar system. Perhaps Bacchus, humbled by his time out in the darkness, will treat the rocky planets of that system with respect. Perhaps he will finally find a place where he belongs. Until then, though, he roams the galaxy, orbiting silently through the great abyss, waiting and hoping. Thank you for listening to this episode of Space Age Folk Tales. If you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and a review. Be sure to check out our social media accounts, which are linked in the description. Also be sure to check the description to see where I got the sound effects and music I used in this episode. Thanks again. <laughs>